The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae. Percy is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and I'm always happy to be with you, Percy. And likewise, my friend, the joy and pleasure I get from being with you each week, I cannot describe. Something a little different today, though. We're going to talk about when the pastor has cancer. Now, cancer, as we know, can strike anyone, anywhere, anytime, right? But specifically today, we're going to talk about the pastor, the spiritual leader. Well, one of the things that that motivated you know, the work that I'm doing and that we are doing even with this uh, podcast and with our journey of hope is the fact that the spiritual faith community uh, is and has been and will continue to be impacted by cancer. And I don't think that anyone really took the time to think about how can we speak specifically to the community of faith with all of the things that matter to them in a very germane manner. And one of them is the fact that what happens when the spiritual leader, Mm -hmm. him or herself, the pastor, the bishop, the apostle, when they then begin to deal with the effects of cancer. And there are many very high-profile ministers and pastors and spiritual leaders who have dealt with this. In some cases, they dealt with it publicly. Some cases, they did not. We feel it's a necessary conversation because they're part of the body of Christ. Yeah, to illustrate that, you've done some research, and you have a partial list of, of people who have been affected, pastors who have been affected by cancer. I mean, we need to kind of run through this, but it's very important to get this on the table here, I think. It is. And again, the point of the exercise here is not to open up old wounds or difficult conversations, but to highlight the fact that uh, there are those among us, uh, our leaders that have been and are and potentially will in the future uh, deal with the impact of cancer. So we'll we'll, we'll read a little bit and, okay. and share a little information right. as we move along. Okay, but you, you've done your work here. So share it with us if you would. I've done a little work here, and I knew of some of uh, the individuals that I'm going to share and some individuals I learned about as I moved along. But the first person that I'd like to just highlight or just kind of give the backstory of, we won't get into a lot of details. Uh, and all of the information that I'm going to share has been all published. Mm-hmm. It's all online and it's public information. So we would certainly not share uh, anyone's personal health information without having uh, the authorization to do so. But uh, published out of Charisma magazine, March 1st, 2007, uh, reported that the presiding bishop of the Church of God, beloved uh, bishop of the Church of God in Christ, uh, Kojic, as many people understand it to be, died March 20th after battling prostate cancer. He was 67 years old. Oh, so Wayne. young. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he was the senior pastor of a 12,000-member Temple of Deliverance Church of God in Christ congregation in Memphis, Tennessee. Bishop Patterson had led the nation's largest Pentecostal denomination since November 2000 after announcing in September 2005 that he had been diagnosed with prostate oh, cancer. How sad. Wow. So we, we have an example here of a national, in some cases, international leader, right. pastor, uh, who had to deal with and dealt with the effects of cancer. And, of course, 
uh, he's now home with the Lord. But the fact of the matter is there was a lot of people that he led who I'm sure were impacted by yeah. hearing that. And as we're going to hear, it's across the theological spectrum, too. Well, it is. That's the other side of that, that, again, we often say, and I often say on the show, that cancer is no respecter of your politics, your social economic uh, background, you know, your educational orientation. Or as we're learning today, your theology. Or your theological <laughs> belief system that cancer is indiscriminate. And so this is just one example okay. of several that we'll share. But you have others. I do. And so uh, the second, if I may, is uh, also published out of Charisma magazine uh, dated November 23rd, 2009, which reported mega church pastor Billy Joe Doherty died early Sunday morning after a brief battle with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was 57 years old. Wow. Oh. Uh, pastor Doherty founded uh, a 17,000-member Victory Christian Center Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which, by the way, was directly across the street from Oral Roberts University, which is where he went to school, mm-hmm. uh, announced last month uh, at the date of this uh, report that he had been diagnosed with cancer, spawning a global prayer chain for his healing. How about that? So, again, we're talking about... About a, a, a leader, uh, in some cases a national leader, who stood over thousands of people who had to come to terms with seeing and watching their spiritual leader, uh, who stood before them and I'm sure taught them the words of faith and hope and trust in God, who uh, who had to deal with cancer and then ultimately uh, died from it as a result of that. Yeah, we could say so much more about each one of these, um, but we need to just kind of move through the list here just to illustrate the point that we're making here today. And so Charisma Magazine, again, uh, published uh, an article in February 2008, Wayne, uh, 2000, I'm sorry, February 28th, 2009, I stand corrected, reported that 52-year-old Bishop Mac Timberlake who co-pastored Mega Church Christian Faith Center in Creedmoor, North Carolina, was diagnosed with severe throat cancer and then died in the hospital January 29th, 1997. Another sad case. And so CNN reported on January 16th, 2017, it reported that Bishop Eddie Long, uh, the leader of one of the nation's largest mega churches, has died. According to the suburban Atlanta church, he presided over. He was 63 years old, uh, died after a battle with an aggressive form of cancer, according to a test, a statement uh, by his church. Long was a national figure of one of the most innovative congregations in the United States and in the, the contemporary church. And then lastly, uh, we have two additional references here uh, cited out of Christianity Today magazine dated January 18th, 2018, and it reported that in a 12-minute YouTube video, international evangelist uh, Reverend Luis Palau, who you've worked with a little bit. Yes, I know Luis well. uh, Revealed that he has been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and is still with us and among us as we report this and read this. Absolutely. And then lastly, uh, according to the biblical recorder uh, dated May 8th, 2018, reported by Baptist Press staff, Iowa Pastor Dave Miller, president of last year's Southern Baptist Pastors Conference, has been diagnosed with kidney cancer in a May 7th email. Miller said that he will undergo uh, robotic surgery. And of course, by the time uh, you hear this, this will have already taken place, dated on June 26th, to remove a tumor from his kidney. Uh, that's a very sad list, but there's a there's a reason why we share that. Now, some of those men, of course, are home with the Lord now, but we pray for the others who are still with us. People survive cancer. But sometimes they don't. Right. It's it, part of this conversation is that, and you know, now twenty 
three years into uh, healthcare ministry, supporting patients, uh, talking with pastors, going to churches. I cannot tell you how many churches I've preached in or taught seminars in, and also I have had the opportunity to do funerals of Mm -hmm. patients that I have uh, had the privilege to support, of dealing with the mixed bag of uh, supporting people, believing for their health and their healing and their recovery, and seeing many people experience that. But on the other side of the fence, uh, to your point, Wayne, also individuals who did not survive a battle with cancer. and But we're really talking specifically, and we're highlighting spiritual leaders and pastors. because yeah, because their their adversity can teach us about how to deal with adversity. We, we all have a spiritual leader, a mentor, someone who spiritually has supported and helped us. And we need to be able to learn from them, even in the midst of difficult scenarios. Mm-hmm. We need to understand that our spiritual leaders may be challenged with their own set of healthcare issues. So what do we do? How do we respond or react? And how do we even see God when we see our spiritual leader in a situation like that? Yeah, deep questions indeed. All right. I want to talk to you about the unique challenge a pastor faces when he or someone in his family has cancer. We'll do that in a moment. But let me hit the pause button here just momentarily to remind our listeners that here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration, we offer resources. And this week, we have a resource entitled Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. Percy, you wrote this. Uh, and you did it with our listeners in mind that they would have this information. So I want our listeners to go online to healthhopeandinspiration.com, download spiritual needs of cancer patients. And then just one more thing. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. And you can do that simply by calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at Health, Hope, and inspiration.com. We're going to continue talking about when pastors get cancer, but Percy, is there a, a passage of scripture that you want to lead off with here today? I think foundationally, the way that we want to frame this discussion is going to be built off of this text that I think will be very helpful. Philippians, the third chapter, verse 17, basically says this, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have used for a pattern. And what this scripture is basically telling us is that those that we look to and that we see as an example before us, and certainly our pastors, our bishops, our apostles, uh, those individuals who stand in the fivefold ministry gifts, those are individuals who are examples to us spiritually. And there are things that we learn from them and things that we glean from them. And certainly within the context of today's conversation of when the pastor has cancer, there are things that we also can learn and glean from our spiritual leader when they 
are also dealing with their own health care challenges that will empower the local body. And it is not a time for us to retreat or get into denial. Right. But there are things that the Lord can teach us and allow us to learn from their experience. And this is just on the shoulders of the pastor. I mean, this is true for all of us. But since we're focusing on the pastors here today, they do uh, face a unique challenge when they or maybe a, a wife, a spouse, uh, a close family member comes down with cancer. They do because I think that there is sometimes a separation of thought by those who are not spiritual leaders watching or witnessing those who are spiritual leaders that when we see their humanity before us sometimes it throws us off a little bit and it's not necessarily true necessarily true for everyone but I think that when we see our spiritual leaders a little vulnerable uh, or struggling or having a test or a challenge uh, it can disrupt how one Uh, views their faith in relationship to God. And what we don't want to have happen is to have the sheep scattered because of the possible threat to to the shepherd that they're looking at and witnessing. So that's the unique challenge. And I think with that challenge, Wayne, dare I say, respectfully, there are times that I think spiritual leaders then will withdraw or hide what some of their challenges are because they don't want the sheep to be impacted and affected. And I'm not sure that that's the best thing to do, particularly in the context of possibly dealing with a health care challenge. I understand privacy and understanding that, you know, all things are not necessarily for full disclosure. But there are some scenarios that I think that when spiritual leaders are experiencing challenges personally to them or their family, that the congregation or those who are watching them may be better served to hear and understand how God is working with them and through them versus just kind of hiding and keeping that quiet and trying to protect the congregation from that. Is this a conversation you've had personally with pastors? It is a conversation I've had with pastors. Recently, I was at a conference where I actually had a pastor's wife who uh, reached out to me uh, with regard to, and it wasn't related necessarily to uh the pastor, but it was related to someone that they knew who were, who was in ministry and basically said, you know, when one of your ministry leaders or friends are struggling with um, challenges or healthcare issues, what do you do with that? How do you relate to that? And she shared some very candid things with me with regard to her own mental and emotional struggle of processing that mm-hmm. because that was a spiritual leader who they had a collegial relationship with that then made her think about the potential of what if that was me or if that was the, at that time her husband who was the pastor, how would we react to that? How would we handle that? And she admitted to me struggling through hearing that information. Yeah. Well, I have to put this question out there because uh, I'm sure it's in the mind of some listeners right now. Uh, does a cancer diagnosis mean a lack of faith or a lack of favor with God? It's a question that may be difficult to ask, but it's necessary. Uh, it has been my experience that uh, many individuals, uh, individuals who are spiritual leaders, individuals who are just lay leaders, or individuals who just simply sat in the congregation in general, uh, basically have asked and attempted to ask answer this question. Uh, I will say, and it is my belief, and uh, and we've attempted to address this on a, on a previous show here, that having cancer or experiencing a negative experience is not necessarily due to one's not having enough faith. And I know that people go to that as a, a standing school of thought, particularly if things do not end 
uh, as they anticipated, that then the default becomes, well, right. you know, if they only had enough faith. Yeah. It doesn't hold up, though, does no, it? No, it doesn't. And it's not fair, actually, because, number one, the reason why it's not a fair statement is that until you've walked a mile in somebody else's moccasins, it's not fair for you to say if they did or did not have enough faith. Number one. I believe that no one knows what an individual truly is or is not believing in their heart. The Bible says that God is the judger of the hearts of men, which means what we may think we see or even hear from someone uh, does not necessarily indicate what actually is going on inside of the deeper innermost being of their thoughts and their consciousness. So that being said, no, I don't think that that's a fair statement. And I don't necessarily believe that that's true, that when one succumbs to a difficult scenario in this particular case, uh, sickness and disease and potential death, that it represents the lack of faith. Percy, a few moments ago, you said, or at least implied, that pastors should admit uh, when they themselves are are suffering from a cancer diagnosis. And the word admit may be a bit strong, but I think that pastors and spiritual leaders uh, at some point probably should vocalize. Disclose. And disclose, because admit sounds like that they did something wrong, but disclose. Right. Yeah, good point. Yeah, disclose the fact that if indeed they are on a healthcare journey, we're talking about cancer, at some point, you know, barring unforeseen other scenarios, Potentially, that's going to become public. People are going to begin to wonder, ask questions, etc. They are leaders. They are leaders. And I think that it is fair to to begin to disclose what that challenge or that struggle is. And, and in doing so, it is not an admittance that you are lacking faith in any way. Uh, I do know of some scenarios, again, of some spiritual leaders who absolutely did not share that information about themselves or about a spouse, or even about one of their children. And then individuals began to find out about that and heard through the grapevine and other uh, things that happened. You know, we don't gossip inside of the local church. We just fellowship around information, right? (laughs) You know, but information, you know, begins to leak out. And then people begin to begin uh, getting dismayed by the idea that the pastor didn't say anything and we weren't clear on what was going on. So I think it is helpful and it is beneficial, ultimately, uh, for pastors to have to disclose that they have cancer and what their journey is. Romans, the fourth chapter in the 17th verse says that God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is an example of faith. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's found in Hebrews. But what we need to understand is what what the scriptures does not tell us is uh, calling those things that uh, be not as though they were does not mean that we call those things that are as if they are not. Mm-hmm. Some things are what they are. Now, when we begin to talk about that, and I know that there are some camps uh, theologically that sometimes embrace the idea that if you verbalize something, you're actually giving credence to it or you're giving it legitimacy. And the fact of the matter is that's not necessarily true. Uh, we quoted Abraham when Abraham was told that he was going to be the father of many nations. Uh, one translation said that he faced his facts. In other words, he embraced the fact of the matter that he was old and so was Sarah, but he did not waver in his faith. So there's a two-step approach here. So sometimes I think that the tendency is is that we're going to call those things uh, that are as if they are not. And that's not necessarily walking by faith. That's actually beginning to walk in denial under certain circumstances. So we need to begin to encourage 
spiritual leaders, if there are pastors listening to us, we want to encourage you that your congregation would probably benefit from walking with you through your battle and your journey. And in that regard, that's you're exercising, I think, better spiritual responsibility yeah. uh, that people will be blessed by and will benefit from later on down the line. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, again, I'll keep it very general of a, a pretty high-powered uh, international spiritual leader. His spouse was dealing with cancer at the time, and an individual asked me, because I knew of some scenarios and some 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 dynamics with the situation, uh, are you aware of such and such having cancer? And I was like, why do you ask? And they said, well, because I saw that person uh, in, a, in a treatment environment receiving care. And I said, well, what what is the point of that person being in that environment? Well, they said, well, that person wouldn't be there unless they were there because of a cancer diagnosis. And so I said, then you you do the math on that. You fig, you put two and two together and you come to a conclusion. And when that person did that, that person absolutely had an emotional letdown hmm. and said, I can't believe that this is happening to that individual or to this individual. Uh, I love these people. And they didn't say anything to anyone. I'm discouraged about that. Hmm. So when we talk about understanding the power of being able to have some disclosure, again, I understand having your privacy and and, and all of that. But if you're sitting in front of people who are being fed by your ministry, you probably would better be served by at least allowing them to understand what your challenges are as you trust and believe God. And then they can be praying with you and for you as well. Absolutely. Indeed. Well, there's more we need to talk about, and we will in just a moment. But let me again urge our listeners to go online uh, to follow up. If, if you joined us late, first of all, you can go online and listen to this entire conversation and similar conversations through this podcast, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. It's available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Another reason to go online today is to receive the free download, Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. Uh, Percy, you're spending a life, you're investing a life in helping people deal with the spiritual needs of cancer patients. You put this together. You want our listeners to benefit from it. We do, because, again, when you understand and have some sense of working knowledge of of some, some real practical elements, cancer patients have spiritual needs, and those needs become highlighted in the midst of being told that they have cancer, they have questions. There are things that simply we can begin to be prepared to try to delve into conversation with them. For example, to know how much God loves them. There probably isn't a cancer patient or a caregiver who is told that they have cancer who is not wondering about where is the love of God for me in this Mm -hmm. situation? How does that apply to my scenario? This document gives some practical tips with scriptures that will allow people to kind of fundamentally speak to the subject of helping people to understand and to know uh, the love of God. And then how about to know God is more powerful than cancer. And it dovetails off of our last point that we just spoke of, admitting or uh, acknowledging or disclosing that one has cancer does not suggest that we're saying that cancer is bigger or stronger than who God is in our life. So we need to be equipped to have some conversation with people to remind them to know know that God is more powerful than their cancer. This document kind of helps people to step through that a little bit. And then another area of the document to help people to find courage and strength to fight the fear 
that cancer brings. It's one thing to fight the actual symptoms of cancer, but then there's a psychological and emotional and spiritual battle of the fear factor, I like to call it, that becomes a war within and into itself that we need to equip people to deal with. So this document is going to give you very practical insights with scripture references to help people to begin to step through some of those dynamics. It's called Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. You can go and download it right now, print out as many copies as you like, share with others at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients, a free download, and uh, we're so appreciative of uh, of Percy making this available to you. Look for it online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using the evidence-informed therapy like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Today we're talking with Reverend Percy McRae about when the pastor has cancer. And I know this is very specific, but there's some lessons to be learned here. Earlier, much earlier, you read a list, a partial list of pastors who have been affected by cancer. I'm sure it's true of everyone on that list, but I know of at least one person on that list that their cancer has become our cancer in a sense. We enter into that journey with them. And that's an important reason why pastors need to include others in this cancer journey. It's absolutely true. Well, first and foremost, I've said it on the show here many times, and I think at some point we'll probably do a a show that will speak specifically to the moving dynamics of cancer is a community disease. Yes. One of the subsets of any community for people of faith is the faith community, their churches or the spiritual community that supports and, and, and is part of that person's life and their ministry. And so to that point, uh, There are individuals who are theoretically being impacted by hearing that news or seeing their spiritual leader. And the impact also, to your point, which is where we want to go right now, is that it can potentially be a helpful uh, experience for people who are now witnessing and understanding the journey of their spiritual leader who is being impacted by cancer. So as people support their pastor or their spiritual leader, Uh, God will use that and potentially as a learning opportunity, because, again, I think the fallacy uh, or the misnomer of being in ministry and I have been a pastor. I understand some of the mental and emotional and physical challenges of always being at your best. That's right. 100 percent of the time. You're always on, aren't you? You are on. And if there is anything that doesn't look 
and, and represent the semblance of the excellence of God working through you, the glory beaming off of you and, and flowing through you. Uh, if you have a bad day, if you had a bad week, if you and your wife are having issues, the, we have to remember that these people are still human beings and they work through and, and they work through challenges of being human beings that as we support our pastor with uh, with cancer, God can use that as a learning opportunity. We need to encourage them, stand with them. Every pastor fundamentally will face difficult times. We need to own that. We need to come to terms with that. And because they are people who live in a fallen world. And I think that this helps us with uh, we maybe put too much emphasis and in some cases too much focus on our pastor being this elite a high-level individual, and there certainly are criteria and standards that our pastors should be living up to, but they also walk in the midst of a falling world and the challenges of a falling world and their families that we can theoretically learn how it is to walk by faith by watching an example of Mm -hmm. a man or woman of God walking by faith Mm -hmm. and looking at them. Mm -hmm. So that's something for us to think about. Okay. Now, uh, while we have time, let me mention something else very important. That's the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. This is something you've been instrumental in. Actually, you've you've started this network. Uh, tell us about its its impact. The impact is, has been tremendous. It's a little over a year old now, and it was a strategy that we thought was necessary. Uh, to reach more people on a, on a larger scale that we didn't have to physically touch directly. Uh, and so with that, we now have individuals uh, on an international level that are reaching out who are part of the Our Journey of Hope uh, Leaders Network. We have people from Africa and Europe and uh, Australia and uh, India, and that and that reach is growing by leaps and bounds of individuals who say we are we continue to wait for the new resources that you send that we then employ and use in our local churches and in our community. So that community is growing and getting larger every day as we continue to nurture the faith community with resources that are relevant to them right now. It's for pastors and church leaders. Again, it's called the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network, you can sign up and you'll receive access to exclusive online leaders resources. You'll get information about ministry training opportunities and a monthly informative email newsletter. So visit the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. I think that would be a great thing to do even before you leave us here today. Absolutely. It's a, it's another free resource. Please take advantage of it. Percy, thanks for bringing this topic to us today, When the Pastor Gets Cancer. And, and let's go back to the scripture and what does it say? Well, as we close, and again, I know this was a difficult conversation, but I think a lot of people are going to be helped and blessed by it. But listen to the affirmation of the Word of God in the context of what we've talked about. Philippians 3, verse 17 says, Brethren, Join in following my example. That's what we're talking about. What is the example of our pastors and our spiritual leader? Right. Well, every day can't be that everything is good and going well. There are things that happen that may be a little negative. What's the example that's being set before us? And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Today, Hmm. we can learn how to walk by faith and how to be good soldiers and how to deal with difficult scenarios. When we talk about sickness and disease, it is not an admission of lack of faith. It is not that our pastors are not still anointed and called by God. In fact, God may be allowing them to be an example to us that we may learn some things from in the midst of those types of scenarios and situations. Don't turn your back on your pastor. Don't think that they're not people of faith. And don't 
uh, stop supporting them. Love them. And pastors, be honest and be open with your congregation. You'll be surprised how blessed they'll be as a result of that. Uh, Thank you, Percy. Thank you for your heart and for your vision to help all of us in this regard. So that's Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. God bless you, brother. God bless you also. And we'll see you next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.